0: Hello, we're continuing a new series, The Parables of the Kingdom, and this first section of four parables is under the subheading of The Kingdom Explained. Now, the Tyndale Bible commentary regarding parables says this, parables often place two concepts, one known, the other unknown, side by side for comparison. They use the known concept like the work of a farmer planting seed to explain a central truth about the less familiar concept like the way people receive the word of god concerning the kingdom of heaven so we're looking at parables over these uh, next weeks and as i said these are the parables of the kingdom now mandy's going to give us our bible reading now
1: Our reading is from Matthew chapter 13, starting at verse 1, reading down to verse 9, and then from verse 18. So Matthew 13, verse 1. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered round him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And then verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown.
0: Great, thank you. Now. We need to note that this is the beginning of a series of parables about the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 13 verse 19 says, When anyone hears the message about the kingdom. So this first parable is about the different ways that people respond to the message about the kingdom. And one of the things we need to bear in mind is how much of a new perspective that his disciples and all the would-be disciples needed to grasp. The Lord is going to explain the nature of the kingdom that he, Jesus, is inaugurating. Now the Jews of the day had a messiah mindset of a military and political leader who would defeat Israel's enemies, take over the world, making Israel a global superpower in a world where God's law rules. However, Jesus' kingdom will be very different and we'll build a picture over the coming weeks. But for now, we see that in his first, in this set of parables jesus pictures a kingdom being established through a message and as individuals respond to that message is how the kingdom is built it's not a military take over of the world but a message to spread now we have this first parable the seed and the soils the key verse is matthew 13 verse 9 whoever has ears let them hear how people listen, whether it is indifference, shallow listening, unprioritized or uncommitted listening or real hearing, makes all the difference. The Holman New Testament commentary says this, the person represented by the hardened soil is the one who chooses not to understand, rather than a person who wants to understand but cannot. Such a person may actually understand Jesus' teaching in a literal sense, but refused to accept its truth. The biblical concept of understanding goes beyond the idea of mental comprehension. It sometimes includes volitional acceptance. In Matthew twenty-one forty-five, the chief priests and the Pharisees knew the meaning of Jesus' parable concerning them, but they refused to accept its truth. And so, real hearing makes all the difference. And it's a challenge to the hearers in this parable to listen well. Now, the message is the method. People are made aware of the kingdom through a message, the seed sown. People are invited to the kingdom through a message which they hear. And people are invited to the kingdom through a message which they are responsible to respond to. The people at the time of Jesus had been long looking forward to the Messiah. But the popular expectation was that the Messiah would be that one who would fight, help Israel to fight against her enemies and from Jerusalem rule all the nations with, with military might. The parables of the kingdom are teaching the people that his kind of rule, the way that the kingdom of Jesus will be extended, is not through that military power or political power, but through words. Words that convey a message of love, words that challenge, words that invite people to respond. Now this is a beautiful way that God was at work and is still at work. God Almighty establishing his kingdom with words. The kingdom is spread by sowing God's words. It's not a kingdom of violence or coercion or fear, but of godly people loving others enough to tell them some great news. The kingdom is not a land or a race of a certain ethnicity. It's a kingdom that is an infiltration from outside of this world, into all the world, from heaven. It's a revolutionary kingdom, but it is regaining the true king's rightful ownership. It is a revolutionary kingdom, but of love, where the king was rejected by his people and his realm ruined by an an enemy. And now the king has come, not to regain his kingdom by force, but by giving himself in love to pay the pardon of his people and to invite them once again to accept and submit to his loving rule. And so the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom that is spread by spreading a message. God's word, the gospel, that's how Jesus did it and his disciples are to do the same. You get in through hearing and responding to a message. As Romans 10:17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Until the earth becomes once again the happy realm of King Jesus, his people live as his citizens, as his agents in this broken realm. And to be able to live as Jesus' people here and now, until that day, we need to continue to hear and respond to all that King Jesus tells us. It's the only way we can survive and thrive. We come in through hearing God's words and we are kept going through hearing God's words. The Apostle James wrote in the first chapter of his letter verse 19 My dear brothers and sisters take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent in what they do so clearly we need to be people and continue to be people who appreciate and continue to spread spread God's kingdom message it is the power of God to save after all but also we need to apply it to ourselves and continue to act upon it and be molded by it now the next thing is that we need to be prepared for mixed responses to the message Jesus has given his disciples the mandate to continue sowing the seed since he returned to heaven, so we need to keep sowing the seed. As Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1 puts it, ship your grain across the sea, after many days you may receive a return. But the parable of the seed and the soils is realistic. Be prepared for disappointments. People will respond in different ways. I don't think Jesus is giving us statistics that one in four people will be like the good soil in the parable, but even from the ministry of Jesus, with the way that the crowds initially loved to hear him, there were only 120 disciples gathered to pray on the day of Pentecost. It was a minority of people that were truly good soil, even when Jesus preached. As we'll see from the other parables of the kingdom, it's not always going to be easy, and it won't always appear that we're making an impact for good, but Faithful sowing will result eventually in wonderful reaping. And I've often thought over the years of Psalm 126, verse 4, Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Now our sowing experience for now will be mixed. There will be tears because people will hear in different ways. Some are like the pathway, hearing physically, but not engaging, letting truth lie on the surface, maybe knowing the implications of the truth, but resisting any action other than sidestepping or shrugging it off. Now, Satan is at work here too, preventing any chance of the seed finding its way into any cracks in the pathway that it might grow later. Then there's a rocky soil. Here the hearing is superficial, there's a a shallow engaging, not dealing with a commitment enough to remove the rocks, the rocks which will hinder the roots going down deep enough. Sometimes the adverts say, try before you buy, or we might say, paddle before you plunge, but you can't do it that way with the kingdom of heaven. To believe is not a tentative thing, sign up or not, all or nothing. And then there's the thorny ground, not sorting out what really matters in your life, trying to face both ways at once, one foot in the boat but keeping the other on the shore. You respond to the message, and everyone around gets excited, but you're not getting new priorities in the right place in your heart. If God's kingdom is not prioritised in your heart when distractions and the cares of, of life loom up, you'll step out of the boat and go for the shore. So the lesson is, get in the boat with both feet. But some people sadly won't. But then there is good soil. This isn't where people listen without simply a, an emotional flare up or a tentative belief, which is of course no real belief, but a deep life-changing encounter with the message of the kingdom. There's a commitment here that chucks the rocks away, a priority that means you put both feet in the boat You launch off from the shore of your old ways to new adventures. And, of course, back to the imagery of the parable, you bear much fruit. So, from the perspective of you, the Christian sower, not everyone who hears the message will believe. Be prepared for disappointments. People will will respond in different ways. But, of course, even when one person does respond, the consequences will be many times what was sown. When you share the gospel, the visible response will often be small compared to what you sow. But the consequences may be unseen in this lifetime. Further along the road will be much bigger. 30, 60 or 100 times what was sown. That multiplied crop can be in terms of how that one person is used to share the message with others. So that one new Christian results in 30, 60 or 100 other new Christians. But it's also in the fruit of the Spirit. One life, becoming a Christian, becoming part of God's kingdom, is a life saved, a life enhanced, a life that starts to live with an eternal purpose, a life that is salt and light in the here and now, a life that is growing in spiritual fruit. It's a wonderful thing. Romans 6 verse 22, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness And the result is eternal life. Or as Galatians 5 puts it, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Now fruit is the evidence that the message has gone home. Notice that only one type of soil results in fruit. But it does result in fruit. And this reminds us that a totally fruitless Christian is an oxymoron. Jesus said in John 15, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. And Paul prays for his fellow Christians in Colossae. Colossians 1 verse 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Christians bear fruit. The good soil results in much fruit. The parable of the seed and the soils applies to people outside the kingdom. We need to listen well because it's a message that is the invitation in. If you're not yet a Christian, it's the message is an invitation to you to come into God's kingdom. It applies to those who are already in the kingdom, as all Christians are to be involved in sowing the seed, as Jesus commanded us, and we can be prepared as we think about the parable of the the soil and the seeds. We can be prepared for the ups and downs of sharing the message. But of course, be expectant and excited about even the ones and twos who are like the good soil. And it also applies to those of us who are in the kingdom. As we've seen, we need to keep listening well. We need to keep hearing the message from our king. And so we see a general principle. How we listen is important. How we listen is important. Psalm 81 verse 8. God says, hear me, my people, and I will warn you. If you would only listen to me, Israel, you shall have no foreign God among you and you shall not worship any God other than me. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. And then Proverbs 1, verse 5. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. And the Lord Jesus said in John 10, My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. So the parables of the kingdom are to help those on the outside, inviting them in. But this principle of listening well carries on into all our Christian living. As 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13 says, Be on your guard, keep spiritually vigilant. And we know someone on guard has to be alert visually and also audibly listen out for sounds we need to be on our guard to be alert spiritually vigilant we need to stand firm in the faith as it says be courageous be strong the production of a hundred or sixty or thirty times fruit is related to how we continue listening in the kingdom of heaven in 2 corinthians 13 verse 11 paul writes finally brothers and sisters rejoice strive for full restoration or maturity. Encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. So there are things we need to strive for, as it says here, full restoration, maturity, spiritual maturity. So after we have become a Christian, we need to keep listening well, to keep spiritually alert, to keep the foot on the accelerator and the eyes on the road. We need to be watchful for the instructions on the signs, listening to the to the satnav. We need to be good listeners all through our Christian lives. Now let's think about things that stop us being hearers of the word. The enemy of Jesus' kingdom cannot get us out once we're in. But he'll do what he can to limit our fruitfulness. Because fruit means more godliness, more sharing of the gospel, more people getting into the kingdom of heaven. When we're not looking, he'll chuck some stones over into our garden. He'll throw some weed seeds over the fence. Persecution, temptations, distractions. He'll tempt us with things that are not bad necessarily, but get our priorities all mixed up. There'll be pressure or persecution like rocks in our garden. If we don't keep digging them out, rocks of fear and stress that stop us from listening properly, they'll hinder us. The worries of daily life and the seductions of wealth are like thorns in our gardens choking the seedlings of new spiritual growth unless we are always ready with the hoe and fork to weed out those enemies of hearing the word of God. Jeremiah 4 verse 3 says, this is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and to Jerusalem, break up your unplowed ground and do not sow among thorns. Those of you who are gardeners will know what it's like to have to tend the soil to weed and to hoe, to get rid of those stones, those rocks, and those things which will hinder the the growth of our seedlings. In practical terms, we need to make sure that whatever life throws at us, that we make time to read, to listen, to truly hear the word of God. We need to fight for that. Your fruitfulness depends upon it. Your family needs you to listen to God. Your friends and neighbours need you to be one who truly hears from God and demonstrates the fruit of the Spirit in your life. But can a Christian become like the pathway, hardened? Well, not totally, because a true Christian must bear some fruit. But we can be hindered by elements of hardness creeping into our souls. Remember that the parable of the seed in the soils contains general principles for all people, even though initially directed to those outside the kingdom. In the New Testament, there were certain Jewish Christians who were slow to accept Gentile Christians on an equal basis. There was a hardness of heart and a prejudice that had to be overcome. There were Christians in Corinth from a Gentile pagan background that had to wake up to face certain aspects of indifference to their behaviour, and they needed a stern letter from the Apostle Paul. So we all need to be aware of spiritual blind spots, areas of hardness in our thinking that need to be broken up and prepared to accept God's word and to change accordingly. We need to watch out for ways that we might learn to avoid God's challenges to our attitudes and behaviour. We might start to avoid certain Christian books, maybe skim over certain parts of the Bible that have made us uncomfortable in the past. Because they've challenged our thinking and behaviour. Maybe we somehow learn to check our phones when the preacher is getting close to the mark. Concerning areas in our lives and we know that the challenge is coming. And we sidestep it. Now initially we did it deliberately when we were uncomfortable. But now it's become a habit. A hardened habit of avoidance of God speaking to us. Maybe in certain areas. We need to break that habit now. It's a dangerous habit and it will hinder the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. I'll finish with a line from Hosea's prophecy Hosea 10 verse 11 and 12 I will drive Ephraim Judah must plough and Jacob must break up the ground sow righteousness for yourselves reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you Heavenly Father please keep our hearts like good soil help us to hear you well Lord we pray that you would help us to produce good fruit and much of it to your praise and your glory in Jesus name Amen